can hear this podcast starting now with me saying, Steve Jobs, you are an asset. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> Thirty-three for seventh uh, of March two thousand and ten. Um, gosh, this is our second week in a row uh, doing a podcast. That's quite uh, abnormal. Um, and uh, joined by uh, Tom Horado as uh, usual. Am I am I saying that correctly? It's uh, 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 technically it should be if you want to do it perfectly. It's Tom Horvath. Ah. <laughs> Good luck trying. Never pronounce that correctly. No, <laughs> and. You've heard also uh, Tess Flynn is uh, donating her time today to uh, join the show. Thank you very hello, much. Hello, hello. Um, how's people's weeks been? Oh, good. Uh, I bought oh. a Nexus One. Oh, nice. <laughs> cool. <laughs> I, I am thoroughly in love. <laughs> oh, that's a good sign because I might be getting one uh, as a review thing so that I can review it and then send it back probably, but still. So I'm, I'm kind of really looking forward to that. So... Hearing you say I, that it's a phone I did not get it. I didn't get it engraved because I, I didn't. I couldn't think of anything worth engraving the phone, and I was planning on. Once I got the phone, it, it became immediately obvious to me that I was probably not going to uh, let people see that anyways because it was too small. The first time I've had a small smartphone in my hands, and it was too small. And my hands aren't particularly huge. It was actually smaller than it actually was smaller than my BlackBerry eighty nine hundred. I had to get a case that was explicitly extra thick, so it didn't feel like a, like nothing in my hands. <laughs> it's complete opposite of me because I have hands smaller than a four year old girl. So for me, it's, it's problematic. Whatever I get, whatever phone. When I buy gloves, I have to go to the women's department. <laughs> Uh, let's scoot down the OS News homepage and find something we're going to talk about. Um, last week's episode is not off of the uh, page yet. There's no particular okay. feedback that we wanted to give um, on that. Was a... Oh, yeah, I can say one thing. We're not going to offer a transcription. Next. No, not ever. <laughs> not unless you're volunteering to do it, but certainly we're yeah, not. Yeah, I'm... I don't see why we couldn't actually, if if we could provide a facility for people to submit transcriptions, just like people do for the uh, live journal voice posts. I think that would be perfectly fine if anyone wanted to donate their time to do that, but I don't think that any there, of us simply have any time to do it. There are people that do that voluntarily without being like held at gunpoint? Holy crap. Yes. A lot it's of weird. People, have people really are strange. <laughs> yeah, people have alien ideas of fun as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> Then again, I just played 10 hours of Dragon Age yesterday. So. <laughs> well, I, I spent, what, four hours working on uh, watching the f- film Mr. Holland's Opus in like two, uh, in like 30 second chunks because we're, we're, we're writing a riff tracks for it. <laughs> and I've been doing, we've been doing this since November. <laughs> Holy crap. <laughs> it's a long, arduous movie. Ah. <laughs> Anyway, getting on to topic. Um, uh, what if that is actually? Let's just have a look. Um, Let's see. Well, I kind of think ooh. that you can't really walk around the big elephant in the room this week, right? Yeah, yeah. I think I was getting to the whole, that. the whole Apple patent suing, you know, that sort of thing. I don't know if anyone has anything to say about that, but. Uh, well, I, I think I did predict <laughs> that Apple was going to go after them, you know, at the uh, at the rollover of the year. And yet, it didn't take them long. So, congratulations, Apple, and congratulations, Steve Jobs. You, well, you're you're an asshat. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you'll probably have to uh, back that up somehow because um, <laughs> uh, just the just the it's just a lot of his attitude towards it just seems very. It, it doesn't seem particularly Apple any longer. It seems very distinctly corporate that they've bought into their own bull and it's not making me ever 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 want to get close to an apple product ever again 
if not commit physical violence against the next one that I see brought into the room. <laughs> okay. I'm sorry. It's just he's he's acting like a jerk and it this is not going to be good. And the problem is that a lot of, and I think actually my roommate pointed this out. Um, the problem is that the hipsters who are really who really identify with the Apple brand are going to love him all the more for this. Yeah, if you if you go through the the forums and everything, like uh, what I usually do after such a big news item like this hits, I usually check. Uh, well, in this case, the Apple boards, like you know, on Apple Insider or whatever. And there are a lot of people who simply say, "Yes, good on Apple. It's time you finally protected your whatevers." And I find that really weird because. Um, I mean, I have an iPhone, and I, I love that stupid thing. I mean, but to me, it's just a phone. And when I look at it, at any phone, I think, you know, it's not the iPhone didn't come out of nowhere. I mean, it's built upon probably close to thirty years of you know innovation, and no, I hate that word. Thirty years of of of, of <laughs> what do you call it? Of of engineering, of investment, the engineering and investment from especially companies like Nokia, actually, who started this whole thing. I mean, they helped in you know developing GSM technology, cell technology, and spreading it around the world and making it affordable for everyone. And I mean, it's it's not the iPhone that changed the world. The iPhone may have had an impact on the market, but it's the small cheap phones that companies like oh, Nokia yeah. make, LG or Samsung. They change the world. I mean, even if you go to Africa and you go to some, some poor village, there will still be people with mobile phones. Mm-hmm. Who Haiti, for example. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's, I mean, mobile phone technology is really so, kind of like a technology that changed the world. And it was built by a relatively small, you know, relatively small group of, of companies, including Nokia. And Apple is acting like they invented the entire market, like they changed mm. everything. And this is like Al Gore the, saying that he invented the internet. Yeah, exactly. And it kind of it kind of rubs me the wrong way. Not necessarily, you know, companies do this all the time. I mean, and it's not really specific against Apple, but it's more because, uh, you know, the mobile phone is a really important technology. I mean, here in the West, we make fun about, you know, we can't live without mobile phones and we, everybody hates them and they're annoying. But there are a lot of places in the world where they have, ha- have had a huge impact. And they're an important piece of technology. And a, a company just coming in out of nowhere and just completely at least not taking over the market but claiming like they invented the whole thing and like they changed and threw everything around it's just it's kind of annoying like i said it sounds exactly like the kind of thing that a hipster would believe about apple oh, they invented it yeah, yeah but it's no also not no understand the history people yeah <laughs> But I seem to find it quite unexpected. I mean, how threatened are Apple in this market, considering they started out as nobody to begin with and they've gained all this market share just on the basis of their product? How actually threatened are they that they need to fire this patent suit off? I, I, I didn't seem to think believe that they needed to do this at all, not least with all the bad press that it's going to get them, especially in the eyes of developers and the, and the more geek-centric crowd who are buying Apple equipment who are going to be put off by this, this sort of move by them. It seems entirely detrimental. This is what I can't understand is the reasoning why Apple would fire this off when A, they don't need to, they're doing successful anyway, and B, yeah. the, the, the negative impact of it. Well, well kind of I think that multiple bloggers and news sites have pointed out the obvious historical parallel between Apple suing Microsoft over mm-hmm. the UI and yeah. what happened there. <laughs> it didn't work well for Apple. <laughs> oh, no, no, it didn't. They lost, and they lost the market share. Yeah. And Quite frankly, I hope that Apple loses this very badly too, so they learn a lesson again. But no, they're probably going to, you know, continue operating with their head up their backside. <laughs> well, it does kind of seem like that, right? I mean, I, I mean, I'm no expert or anything, but it, the parallels indeed are are strike, strikingly similar. I mean, it's it's. Like I said in, in in one of the articles, I'm not entirely sure which one, but I said that you know it's um 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 basically in the personal computer market, um, uh, consumers have made a pretty clear choice. They they want two things: they want their computer to be cheap because they don't care about their computer; it just needs to work, and they don't care you know uh, if it's cheap or expensive or whatever. They they, wa- they want it cheap; it's simple, and they want choice. They want the ability to. Uh, you know, mix and match, and, and a lot of people build their own stuff and, and or, or buy software, whatever. They want cheap and they want choice. Um, and I think Apple is afraid that in the smartphone market, uh, the same thing is going to happen. And well, it's going very, to happen whether or not they want it or not. Yeah, if, I, I know, I mean, but and, 
And they're trying I, to- I think, and, and personally, I actually am thinking that what's really making Apple nervous here is actually the Nexus One. I hate to admit it that, you know, I liked Android beforehand, and then, I ha- then when I finally had an, an N1 in my hands, I was astonished. I was absolutely astonished as to the capabilities, the speed, the UI do- design, and I can definitely see that why Apple would be nervous if they had one of these in their hands. Yeah, they probably haven't thought as the other competitors as even being competent yet, but when Google right. partner the software... Just like Microsoft. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, during the 3.0 and 3.1 days. Yeah, but when Google do the actual Android distribution themselves, then they're competent at doing it, and that's what represents an actual threat, but I still don't think the market numbers really show that. Apple must be doing this as an early warning shot or something. I, I don't understand. Well, and also, right. their patents don't even really seem to are, but You have to realize that last, uh, that last year, the yeah. introduction of the Droid into the U.S. market jumped out of the Android percentage yeah. a great deal, and last year was the first time that the market share for iPhone dropped. They're scared. Yeah, I definitely agree with that one. There's, I mean, we may not see it yet because especially we live in the, these blogger circles and all we see is Apple this, Apple that. But yeah, I think they're probably scared. I mean, it's the same kind of idea that people have that, that you know, there's a massive resurgence in, uh, in, in the personal computer business for Macintosh machines and they're selling like crazy and everybody is buying Macs. But all these people, all the, all the establishments these people visit are either Starbucks or the university or home. But if you look like in the entire world, I mean, it's still less than 5%. It's very, very little in the personal computer business. Yeah, and they're profitable, business. which and yeah, the yeah, iPhone they're is they're profitable. profitable. So profitable why are they doing this if they're, if they're successful already? And the trend is upwards. Because they're, because they're scared. That's the only logical conclusion. I'm beginning to wonder if uh, their legal department is seeing this the same exact way that the music yeah. industry is seeing all the copyright infringement cases, which is they know they're doomed. They know in the long run their, their business model will probably not be dominant. And I'm not sure if the business model argument is the same for Apple, but my point is that it's possible that Apple's lawyers know that they will probably lose, but the best they can do is hope to delay so they can reap as much money out of it while all the patents are in litigation. Yeah, and on top of that, it's also, of course, really, really interesting that they're not going directly after Google, probably because Android is open source and Google doesn't really own uh, doesn't really not own to Android. The fact that I don't think Apple would want to go against Google. <laughs> Exactly. If they do, they're still, going to lose a lot of friends. <laughs> yeah, but even, I mean, despite that, I mean, I think Google is going to be, is going to um, 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 engage in itself in this war anyway. I think they're going, to, I mean, they already said that they're going to stand behind HTC, and I wouldn't be surprised if Google filed a suit of its own in some way, because this is clearly an attack on Android. I mean, that's pretty much established by now. They're mostly software patents about Android. And when, uh, when we're talking about HTC's Windows mobile phones, um, Apple was really specific to not mention the Windows mobile software, mm. but go after the hardware. So it's clearly an attack on, on Android and Google. And I don't think Google is just going to sit by and let HTC take all the hits because, you know, HTC is making the Nexus one. It's making a lot of other uh, Android phones. It's the biggest Android uh, 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 OEM, so to speak. So they're important to Google. And, I mean, HTC makes some really good phones. It's uh, no denying that. Even the, uh, the, the, the HD2, which runs Windows Mobile, is considered a pretty good phone. So they, they know what they're doing. So I, I think really Google is going to stand by them and maybe even file a suit of their own against Apple. I mean, I'm sure Google has a whole boatload of patents itself. You know? Well, Nokia is already suing Apple. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, you know, there, there was this graph somewhere that, uh, on the New York Times. I put it on, the, on page two somewhere. Or news elsewhere, as we're supposed to call it now. Um, Sometimes some of this remind, uh, reminds me of unfortunate instance, instances in my college career where I had a, a professor, which I was very much a fan of and very much like even today, but he had a lot of health problems one semester. And unfortunately, his, his reasoning became uh, a little erratic and a little bit strange. I remember once he blamed the entire class for, for not turning in assignments, and he later found out he misplaced them all by putting them in his freezer in his basement. <laughs> oh, sorry, and, I'm beginning to, and I'm beginning to wonder if, you know, Steve Jobs has had a lot of medical issues lately. <laughs> the thing is with Steve Jobs is that he, uh, 
he he believes he you know he's the generator of the RDF. He actually believes this stuff. When he says the puck mouse is great, he actually believes that. This is the most difficult thing to fight against with Steve. Is that, that you know he really deeply believes in this stuff, which is fine in in the, in the sense that if you want to drive a company, you truly have to believe in what you're doing. Sure, but um, the, this whole thing about you know paints and copying, copying. The scary thing is, is that he probably believes that that he's right in this sense, and and I just think that's demonstratively false. And that's really probably what Google are going to have to do is to step up to be able to demonstrate that this is false. I mean, they have a patent on inter-process communication. Holy crap! Who come, who comes up with that stuff? How? I mean, first, how can 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 you get a patent on that anyway? And how would uh, the stupidity like that, of the U.S. Patent Office? Yeah, obviously. <laughs> but how would that? And part two, how will that ever hold up in court? How can uh, uh, how can you step to uh, uh, you know any? Uh, a court and say, look, I've got a patent on what is essentially inter-process communication and just please Which destroy the entire business. has existed since when? The late 1960s perhaps? Probably earlier than that? The, the, ah, but it didn't exist on legal paper uh, so it doesn't matter. It's an enfranchised reality against actual reality mm-hmm. and the enfranchised reality wants to th- think that it's actual reality and has the legal motivation and the legal power in order to enforce that and it's up to uh-huh, to actual reality to disprove them. It's it's ridiculous, but that's unfortunately how this stuff works. Well, isn't this also going to scare away a lot of competition because people are not going to want to enter this market if they oh, know that these two suits are going on between Nokia and, and don't you uh, think that's HTC. a nice calculated move by Apple too? Yeah, yeah that's what I was trying to bring just sort of trying to find a reason as to why Apple would do this despite the negative and it seems that if they want to keep the smartphone market it's only the big players because you can fight in the court for a few, few just years doing that and delay everything right yeah. but you know I, I have to admit that if the market is anything uh, like the desktop market and I know that there are you know numerous inconsistencies with that parallel but it tends to be that the market comes down to you know a a handful of uh, of platforms and those tend to be the ones that are carried forward and the ones that we're seeing at least in the north american market are going to be android iphone os and windows 7 because obviously windows phone classic Windows Phone 7, excuse me, Windows Phone Classic probably will not be uh, continued for very much longer. And what about RIM? Um, well, the thing is that RIM is almost a completely different argument. I would almost call RIM the, the mainframe of the smartphone world. It's thoroughly entrenched in its niche. It's got a lot of users, more users than the iPhone. I would like to continually point out everyone. <laughs> <laughs> I've never and, seen a Blackberry yeah. before. <laughs> well, do you want oh. some? I've got like two of them in my drawer. <laughs> <laughs> they're very. They're, they're, I can't give you the one that work gave me because they they want it back. <laughs> oh. <laughs> they're still quite rare over here. I mean, uh, I'm, I'm finally starting to see some advertisements about uh, Blackberries, but they're still incredibly rare. Which it kind is of a very South American uh, centric brand. Oh yeah. That's what I got from the... Uh, North American, from- not USian, because they're from Canada. Also oh, remember that, everyone. <laughs> I didn't know that. <laughs> they're Canadian. Okay. Yes, Research and Motion is a Canadian company. Good. So, anything else to add to yes, this one? Canadians rule the smartphone world in North America, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Okay. Um, anything else we want to add to this one? Is there any intelligent way that we can wrap this up? I mean, the whole thing sucks, but I suppose we just have to wait until more news starts to arrive. Wrap this up. Unicorns! Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. Oh my god, ponies. (laughs) The coffee is starting to kick in, so I'm starting to see unicorns. No, never mind. This uh, canonical unveils new Ubuntu design themes logos. Hmm. Yeah, let me bring up the actual page with the designs because I was too lazy to uh, post the screenshots on the listeners. Ah, there we go. Well, I have to say that 
I'm actually very glad that they are doing this because my roommate's uh, desktop is running Ubuntu 9. And I have to admit, the default UI design, it is a soupy, muddy, ugly mess. The colors are not striking. I can understand the, the motivation behind the color selection, but guys, it just doesn't work. And I mean, I any... Um, and I think ultimately, it's hurting. It's hurting their their brand image a bit by by sticking with that. I, it's it's time for them to to come up with a new theme. I think they did a pretty good job with some of their mockups here. Um, well, I see two problems with uh, um, um, these mockups, and the first one is an old one, and one that I've been annoyed by since the beginning of time. But I'm probably the only one in the entire world. Um, um, please, please, anti-alias the corner of your windows. <laughs> I mean, that's pixelated things. I hate them. I, oh, I'm my not. God. <laughs> You're so, right. <laughs> the tiniest detail in the history of mankind, I know. But it looks so incredibly uh, cheap and crappy. I really hate that little tiny detail. But anyway, and the second thing that I dislike, which I already mentioned, is uh, the location of the close button on the designs. It's in the wrong place. Yeah. I mean, it, it, as far as I'm concerned, it can be either on the left side or the right side. I don't care. <laughs> But it should be in the corner. I do have to point out as a KDE fan that the corners of my windows are anti-aliased. <laughs> yeah, I mean, when I open, I'm, I don't have windows on this particular desktop anymore, but Windows has anti-aliased uh, them as well, and Mac OS X does too. And I'm trying to look at my current Ubuntu theme, my only Ubuntu, Ubuntu theme which I ever use, and no, it's not anti-aliased either, but luckily it's a dark, uh, I have a dark window border and a dark background, so it kind of blends in properly so but yeah it's kind of i have no idea why that's not fixed yet and it's been there for like years and it's i know it's a tiny detail and a lot of people will say ah you're just whining but it's just ugly it's really ugly. tiny it's details tri- make up uh, are very important oh, because yeah. tiny tiny details can actually can actually sell the product in ways that a lot of people don't want to admit um, and people who are who are definitely tech oriented and tech savvy might very easily discount uh, all of the you know cameras <laughs> and special effects, but <laughs> those are important. They they yeah. can sell the product. Yeah, but the crazy thing is, buttons are anti-alias. Even if you look at the if, the, if you look at the mockups or if you look at my own desktop. The the buttons and and GTK buttons are properly anti-alias. It's just the Meta City corners. That are not properly anti-alias. Yeah, but that's probably because it's somebody else's problem. Somewhere in the stack, yeah. it's somebody else's bug, so we're not going to fix it. Of course it is. Well, it can't but be X Windows because X Windows because it works perfectly fine in, yeah, it's, it's other, in other stacks. So it's, it's someone definitely. in the GNOME stack which has to get off their butt and fix this. Yeah, because if you uh, if you use Emerald, um, the Emerald uh, uh, themer or whatever it's called, then you do have proper anti-alias uh, corners and everything, but. You don't get it when you use Meta City, and I think it's just. I mean, we've been talking about this for ten minutes now. I know I'll, we'll have to skip to something else after this, but it's well, just. Annoying. It could be a lot more complicated than we're making it out. I mean, visually, it's very easy to think. Well, why don't you just make that anti-alias? And the, I'm going back to my low-level graphic programming days in high school, thinking, okay, now I have to composite all of these different views, and I have to write an anti-alias algorithm, and I have to deal with multiple hardware configurations, and my head already starts spinning. <laughs> <laughs> One thing I'm surprised at is that the the new the mockups are not showing the new activities menu or even some of the uh, new Nautilus mockups that we've seen come across to OS News lately. That's what I was going to try and move us on to is that reskin yeah. is one thing, but really isn't the whole UX the actual experience of Ubuntu be uh, moving forward as well? Well, I think it has to do with uh, the, the 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 changes in Nautilus are being done by the genome team itself, and they've not really settled on anything. Definitive. So, I mean, there's not really a whole lot to implement in that case. This, this is indeed just a theme. I, I'm, I'm, uh, this, this is probably an actual real screenshot. It is not, it's not a mock-up. It's just real screenshot. Oh, but, probably. Uh, no, the changes in Nautilus, they're, not, they're, they're just mock-ups. I mean, as far as I know, there's no actual code that you can test. So there's no way for them to actually show that to anyone other than the mock-ups that we've seen. We've seen a couple of them, which basically come down to make Nautilus like Finder, which is okay, but... And which is good because Nautilus is wasting a whole lot of screen space. I know it's kind of scary, actually. Yeah, I mean, I turned off the toolbar in my uh, setup, so that looks pretty good, and it makes it slightly acceptable. But even just the side, the side panel, 
which has a little menu in it. It's really, really large. <laughs> I mean, even Dolphin doesn't take up that many pixels, but not not by much. <laughs> I, I admit to that right now. Not by much. <laughs> yeah, the, the, the mockups they've shown is is kind of like uh, just copying the sort of the finder and uh, again I wouldn't have any complaints with doing that um, unless Steve Jobs wants to sue about it well, <laughs> well, he's been I on a run about that lately <laughs> <laughs> but at least it's a, 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 Apple sues a grocery cart odors for selling the fruit apple <laughs> <laughs> but you know as long as they don't um, um, start as long as the genome team doesn't implement the pill button you know which completely changed the entire operating system with the flick of a button then I'm fine Little stupid pill button in uh, the Finder in Mac OS X is a complete disaster, which should have been destroyed and exercised ten years ago. But anyway, it's uh, as long as I don't implement that. I mean, the Finder, the general layout is is, is sound, is okay. It's no problem well, for yeah, casual browsing. You and, you know, on that. The the pill button UI is it's not I, something that uh, that I'm usually used to seeing in a lot of the OSs in which I I spend most of my time, and I'm also wondering about. If this is just you know seamless copying and why this is a good or a bad thing on the UI element's own uh, merits, because I think it was like two weeks ago that Research in Motion had a uh, a webinar about different UI toolkits that they were going to introduce in the newest versions, and one of them was a pill button uh, UI control. So I'm I'm really interested in your opinion on that. No, and are we talking about the same pill button here? Um, a pill button is like the little thing in uh, in macOS 10. Uh, the pill button has the lozenge in the top yeah. right. Yeah, they have two functions. That oh, pill. that button. Yeah. Oh. So in, in most applications, it uh, hides the toolbar. So that, which is you know, it's kind of weird to have that on the the title bar, but okay, it works. It, it's handy. But in the Finder, what it does is it switches the Finder between um, navigational and spatial. However, it doesn't do that consistently. So if you uh, open, like for instance, your music folder and press the pill button, it will only become spatial when you start browsing from the music folder onwards. It's, as soon as you open a different folder, it will switch back to navigational. And oh, it's, 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 ah, it's a total mess. That's stupid. The only reason it's still there is because, um, um, uh, you know, of course, um, uh, people distribute their Mac OS X application uh, as DMG files or as DMG, um, not as files, that technically, uh, um, um, what do you call it? Images, exactly. And they need, to have, they need to be able to fancy up those images, so with backgrounds and everything. And you need more of the spatial uh, uh, um, um, layout for that one, spatial um, 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 implementation. So that's probably why it's there. But it's really confusing. It doesn't make any sense, and it's not consistent. I mean, either go with navigational or either go with spatial or do both, but let us switch completely between them, like, you know, without um, the easy to have them intermingle or whatever. But... Ah, as long as I don't, as long as the genome team, which is what I was trying to say, doesn't copy that little stupid pill thing, I'm all fine with with making the finder with, with making Nautilus more like the finder, because it's a decent layout. It doesn't waste a lot of space. It works well and it looks good. So I'm okay with that. Other complaints that were filed against this uh, rebranding as well is is what about KDE? <laughs> yeah. Oh dear. I mean, I, I haven't heard word one from Project Time Lord about anything lately. I mean, I I I can't help but wonder if if it's just if it's just time just to say Kabrutu, you're failed. I'm sorry. I'm I'm going over to KDE mod on Arch, which is much much better and much happier. Bye, see ya. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's, I think kind of the only reason Kubuntu is here is to ward off all those people saying, oh, you chose genome and you're mm. biased, whatever. I should just hand but, it to the community, I mean, and, and just, you know, it's yeah. the only way that it's going to improve. Probably, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, I mean, it's clear that Canonical chose genome, which is fine. I mean, everybody has his, uh, his taste, which is good. And just let, you know, let some other distribution take, you know, the, the KDE flag and let them do that. I mean, there are a number of them, of course, um, that do that, but Kubuntu is kind of wasting uh, effort, I think, in that sense. It never really worked well. Uh, I mean, the times that I tried it, it was it, it took a lot of work to get it to a, a a slightly usable level that with not random things crashing or, or whatever or other right. weird things. I didn't like it. I didn't like it at all. In that case, okey doke. I think we're done. Anything else? Yep.
Any other topics? Yeah, net positive. Well, net positive gets success. A web positive emerge. <laughs> awesome. <Woo! This> is <laughs> I haven't tried it yet, though, because um, I'm waiting for um, um, some way to update your uh, Haiku install, because I don't want to keep reinstalling images every week. Too much work. But as soon as that's there, I'm going to try this one out, definitely. It looks really good. It looks really, really good. Yeah, it does. They've done it so fast, so quickly, relatively speaking. It's uh, pretty awesome work. And it, mm. uh, it's something that they really needed because um, uh, out of experience, uh, Firefox on BOS. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, man. No, 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 no. Don't do that. No, 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 <laughs> no. <laughs> that no, was the terrible. Only I mean, it was worse than Firefox on BIOS is Firefox on RiskOS. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, probably. I haven't used RiskOS yet, so, but I can probably well, see it. It has the exact same that. problems. It's just not native in any way. Yeah, and they're doing the same thing to the Amiga operating system now. Mm. Um, uh, Project Timberwolf, they're porting it, and it, all the screenshots look as, as out of place on the Amiga operating system as they do on uh, BOS or RiskOS or whatever. Mm. So it's, and OWB uh, is really quite good. good. Yeah, I mean, just I, I, I don't understand. I mean, put your uh, effort, at least that's what I would say, put your effort into making a native browser, which in the case of the Amiga would be uh, the, you know, uh, or the origin web browser, and in case here in, in Haiku, it's this new thing here that's web positive thing. Just put your effort into that. Why port something that doesn't fit on the platform anyway? I just, uh, I don't know, but it's just me. I'm, maybe I'm a bit weird, but I prefer the, the, the whole native thing and the whole um, doesn't look out of place thing. And uh, Firefox, it doesn't belong there. Just let Firefox do its Windows and its, 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 its Linux thing and um, let that be that, right? I mean, just don't bother. It's not suited for those small platforms which is what I really want it because they want extensions and everything like that ultimately but I mean if you look at what Google have done with uh, Chrome and their extensions they've created a JavaScript API and very 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 elegant very simple system for extensions there so there's no reason that um, things like OWB and uh, and what's this Haiku browser called uh, web positive, web positive. Um, yeah. there's no reason they couldn't implement that JavaScript API and add support for Chrome extensions so that, that wouldn't be that would be less effort be than cool. trying to port Firefox and its extensions. Well, Web Positive is web kit based, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it would be even easier then. Yeah, I, I think they could probably. Do. It's probably not high in their priority list right now, but it, oh, it, of yeah. course awesome. not. The the question is, uh, how easy will it be to add these elements with the BOS API? Um, because because a lot of that was interesting. <laughs> <laughs> is that like uh, some sort of euphemism or? <laughs> <is it? laughs> It's been a, it's been a few years since I've dug around in the BOS API, and I still mourn the fact that I sold away my my BOS development bible years ago. <laughs> <laughs> I was a poor college student. I needed money. <laughs> oh, <good. laughs> no, I'm really glad to see it because um, I think uh, I said in my comment. I think this will make or break Haiku because it gives people a reason to try the system, and it gives reason for people to stay on the system as well. Mm-hmm. More, more people are very pettily, we may say so, um, concerned about their web browser when it comes to choosing an alternative operating system. Yeah. I mean, even Gmail works already in this thing. I mean, that's about as complicated as it gets, right? I mean, that's pretty cool. And uh, I like the UI because it, it kind of mirrors Chrome except for the fact that it ha- obviously has a title bar, but or, uh, uh, what do you call it, a menu bar. But it looks, you know, the tab is in the proper place, which is on top. So mm-hmm. it's... Uh, um, I don't yeah, really like it, it, what they've done. I think, well, I think it's too early to say anyway, and I would certainly think it would be good if they could make some improvements. Because um, I don't think it's radical enough. It's just the same sort of um, layout, browser that's, layout we've had for the last 15 years. It works. I mean, that's it works. because it works. That's because it works. <laughs> don't change something that works. Yes. Just but look at Chrome, got, copy that, got, and be happy. I know, but when you've got BIOS, which already has tabs for its window decorations, and then adding another tabbed interface inside of that just seems somewhat clunky. It oh, but it's look not a tab. Good, I mean, it's, it's, it, it might look like a tab, but it's, it's just a window title. It's not a tab. It doesn't function like a tab. It can function like a tab, by the way. Because you can see uh, no, but no, it doesn't even function like a tab. Because you can, you can, you may, you may be able to slide the thing around, but it doesn't work like a tab. It may look like a tab, but it doesn't make it a tab. I mean, uh, I mean, uh, right. you know, pigeon is kind of like a bird, but it doesn't make it a duck. I mean, it's just it, it, it looks like a tab. Yeah, the, the the yellow tab at the top of the haiku slash bos window is not a tab. It looks like a tab, and it was a namesake yeah. as well. But it is basically a shortened title bar. That's all yeah. it is. Yeah. <laughs> Even select different now, themes. What would be cool? 
is if we actually could somehow augment that with the same concept that came around in KDE 4.4, which was yeah. window level That's grouping. That's exactly what I'm suggesting. Is, is that would be why cool. Why use of that? Cool. That would be cool. And it would well, be a lot more native. It technically it is possible, but only manually. So you can press shift, and then uh, you can slide. Uh, yeah. Press shift and click the t- uh, the yellow tab on the top. Then you can slide it across the top of the of the window. Well, that would so give you, you a good way of reordering tabs because <laughs> if you did have multiple tabs up there, and then you would just shift and click and slide them around, and that would that would reorder them again. It's it's a sort of same principle, but a little bit more natively implemented. Certainly better than yeah, what we tried to do with um, Safari Four. Ooh, let's not talk about that again. Exactly. I still have nightmares about that one. Icon could do it right because its window decorations are different. That's what I'm, I'm saying. Is I think Icon could do what Apple tried to do and actually pull it off. No, 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 because no, it, it wouldn't fit. I mean, because it's still a title bar. It's not a tab. It's a title bar. And when you, and, it's, it's and a title bar everywhere throughout the operating right, system. Right. What, and, and, and only and the browser. Right with, now, the so, Haiku project oh, is not it. ready for it. It's not ready for it. Hi, the Haiku True. project True. is still at the stage where they're trying That's to fair. go for as close to a BOS clone as they possibly can before expanding the API. They're not at that phase of the project yet. What you're recommending would not be supported by the API. So it's not in the current phase. It's not in scope, as we would say in the business world. True. No, that's fine. I'm only just sort of waxing lyrical about what I think could be done as as far as what? something more elegant and just uh, interesting. Well, then make some mock-ups and, and toss them onto the OS News site <laughs> as an uh, editorial. I mean, why not? Go nuts! <laughs> yeah, he, no, 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 no. Don't take away any of Croc's valuable time. He has other tasks to perform. <laughs> 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 mock-ups and coding and whatever. It, it, it involves a five, basically. That's much more well, important. Maybe I should do it then. <laughs> <laughs> but who am I kidding? I don't have any time anyways. <laughs> Which is a nice things on SkyOS is not dead. It kind of reminds me of, again, by the way, it's uh, um, 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 Multi-Python and Black Knight. Um, like, I'm uh, not uh, dead yet. <laughs> yeah, I'm not dead yet. You, you wussy or something. I, I try to forget all the, uh, the, the actual lines because I don't want to become, you know, that guy. You know, you know the, the guy that I'm talking about. You know, you know what I'm talking about. Who always quotes uh, um, Multi-Python completely out of context, completely destroying the entire concept of Multi-Python. But anyway, that's kind of the, 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 what, what, it, what you know, the whole SkyWest thing reminds me of. I mean, uh, uh, Robert is a great guy, but at some point, do something with that stupid it, thing. A lot of it reminds me of one of the pro- personal projects I attempted in high school and early college where I had attempted to write a cinematic role-playing game largely by myself. I tried to enlist my friends to help me with that. <laughs> And guess where that went? Nowhere. How long did it take before I uh, finally admitted defeat that the project had long since died on the table, but I had continued beating on it like a dead corpse for years afterwards? Probably three or four. <laughs> that was pretty long. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's probably, I mean, it's not, my, it's not my place to say that it's dead, but it doesn't do a whole lot of moving, if you know what I mean. Let's just yeah. put it like that. <laughs> Which is sad, because I'm sure there's a lot of cool stuff in there. I mean, I, it, it, it wasn't particularly usable yet. I mean, people who say that he, that he took uh, code from Linux or whatever, they have no idea what they're talking about, because if he took code from Linux, it would actually work, and it didn't work. I mean, it... Yeah, it <laughs> well, I mean, this was it, written completely to... from ground up, wasn't it? I mean, yeah, yeah, an of course, kernel yeah, true, and everything. But, yeah, I know, but a lot of people are claiming that, you know, oh, the progress is so fast, he is, he must be taking... Uh, Linux or BSD code, to which my reply is, have you ever tried SkyOS? Because try it out and you'll see that no, he didn't take any code because if he had taken any code, it would actually work. I mean, it, it would only work in, when, the, when you know, if the planets were aligned properly and you would have sacrificed a goat like to, uh, to the neighbors or whatever, then it might actually run. But it's, it, it's, it's very impressive, don't get me wrong, but it wasn't anywhere near um, um, the kind of you know, completion or, or whatever. It was... It was a, a research project, a really cool research project, yeah. and it was fun to be part yeah. of it all. The guy's one-man coding machine. I mean, just yeah, I mean, simply it, yeah. when he started. Yeah. 
impressive. Well, we need that's to give him credit of... for that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yes. I mean, there's a lot of impressive stuff it's in there. It's like but... Jeff Minter. He just hasn't learned that bedroom coders have, have died out. <laughs> the, the news didn't reach him. Ah, <laughs> uh, but we can still be nostalgic. <laughs> True, of course. Okay. Moving on. else do we have? I want to avoid discussing it, but I suppose we, we really should, is cause the, the courier thing. Microsoft's yeah. courier. Um, but I can't really comment on it because I don't have Flash, so I can't see all this stuff that they're trying to show off. And even then, it still annoys me that, that Microsoft are just fantastically good at showing lots of stuff and delivering. Wait, no, no, no. It's, I mean, Microsoft isn't showing this off, actually. It's kind of... It's, it it's, it's semi-leaked. Semi I mean, it's kind of like... I'm not entirely sure whether... Let me see it in Gadget. Where the hell did I it's get this It's kind of like, from? cough, cough, Apple has the iPad, but just keep holding in there and believe... No, 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 that's not true. The, the, the Courier, the first stuff about the Courier already came in September. Oh, yeah, when the first, but yeah, they're, they're, they're not shipping something. That's, that's what annoys me, is, is why, true, why, why do we even bother discussing stuff that comes from Microsoft until they actually do it? That's all they ever do because, is just talk, talk, talk. Um, we discuss um, mock-ups and designs all the time. And I just because Microsoft, we shouldn't. I mean, that's kind of nonsensical. It's just a really cool concept. And even if it's just a design, who cares? I mean, everybody can implement it now. The idea is out there. Just do it. I mean, if Microsoft doesn't do it, somebody else should. It's a great well, concept. It's a great design. They, they might be trying so to go it, after the same kind of tablet slash ebook form factor that we're seeing emerging in the Android uh, markets right now. That originally Android was de uh, designed for, guess what? just the smartphone but now we're seeing people putting it on tablets and yes the ui has some scaling issues in that case but if those could be dealt with properly uh there's a lot of potential to be had there and i think that microsoft is looking at their windows phone series and thinking maybe we should head off at the pass instead of you know arguing with the carriers to create the the g1 or the first the first ta uh, tablet-like design for this, why don't we just go ahead and start with the, the Nexus 1 concept where we def design it, we say this is what the platform is capable of, this is the vision that we have, now manufacturers, go. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I kind of get the idea that this, this whole courier thing, I mean, it, it still, obviously, it still looks like a concept, but I wouldn't be surprised if this thing actually made it out of the company. I mean, ever since um, 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 uh, I, I believe it's been after the whole Vista thing, they've been a lot stricter about um, oh, yeah. promising anything. It's been a lot stricter. You just, have, you just have to look at Windows 7. There's nothing in Windows 7 that was promised that didn't make it. Nothing. Everything made it in. Everything that it ever showed off made it in. Same with Office uh, and Office 2010. No, not the uh, Wi-Fi uh, multiplexing. They didn't, that didn't, they didn't actually put that in the UI in for that. There's other things as well. They didn't ship everything, but they were better than they did Vista. I mean, if you remember yeah, I mean, 2003 WinHack, they just, yeah, you know, I mean, Well, they actually listened to their users when they were de designing it and putting that operating system together. That was what was so incredible about it. Yeah, and, and this courier thing, I wouldn't be surprised if before the end of the year we would actually be able to buy it. I'm, I'm, I'm not committing to anything, so please don't quote me on it, but I think it would be possible. It's definitely possible that this thing will actually, that this thing already actually exists. I'm, I'm confident in that that it might actually already exist. But <laughs> they again, almost don't seem to be leveraging it. some of the UI concepts they, uh, they uh, test bedded with Surface. Yeah, it's it's yeah probably and this it would be it, really it, cool in a college class. Yeah, I mean it, it's it's of course now it's kind of this um, hoity-toity design stuff that you're seeing with people making shoes and whatever. But it's it's uh, you, can, you can do a lot of stuff with this. I think. I mean, of course, recording uh, um, um, your uh, you know notes from your from your lecturer or whatever it's called in, in English. I don't know. And yeah, uh, you know, make yeah, making uh, scribbles and uh, attachments and you know making little whatever. It's I think it's really cool, really really cool. But that's just me, and I really want one. <laughs> can, can Microsoft get themselves away from their obsession with Windows? Um, because obviously it represents a clean break. Um, the same it's Windows CE. It's probably Windows CE 6.0. Oh, yeah. So, 
I mean, all they well, have to say is Windows Seven is you know. still running Windows CE under the, under the covers. It's still that branch of the code. Yeah. However, the uh, actual user land environment is all XNA and uh, Silverlight, Silverlight, and .NET Compact, which is the new stack that they have been working on for years, and have been slowly getting people to to pick it up. You see it a lot more in, in the business world with a lot of enterprise applications. It hasn't translated all the way down to the user space yet. But, but doesn't, it, doesn't that mean that because it's already relatively old that it's really well tested? I don't know. I mean, I have no experience with it whatsoever. But that would be, I mean, you see other companies making a new API and just dumping it out there, ready or not. And I probably think, you know, my, my just because a kernel is old, it does not necessarily mean that is wrong. I mean, how old is the kernel that's at the core of ZOS, one of the most high-end transaction processing systems on the planet? Wasn't it developed, um, what, uh, uh, the 1950s? <laughs> it's been around for a while, guys. Yeah, old does not mean bad. <laughs> no, no, and on top of that, Windows CE 6.0 isn't exactly old, because it's, uh, the, the kernel was rewritten from bottom up, so it's, it's, it's a completely new kernel, but it was released somewhere in 2008, I just didn't use it anywhere except on the Zune HD, which is the first device where they actually started using it. So it's 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 basically it, it's it's very very new. It's not that old. I mean, it's only a couple of years old actually. So it, it could be really good. I don't know. We'll see. But it's a push into the consumer space with it. I mean, Windows CE has long before been a, a, a sort of business only FTOS sort of thing, and um, now they're they're trying to court the consumers. Yeah. Wait a minute, how is that true? Well, you think that, that the use of Windows CE is all they've got to offer as far as ARM netbooks. That's their only salvo against the likes of Ubuntu ARM and stuff. Hmm. And Windows CE, you frankly, mean, as is, isn't particularly a good experience on netbooks, and they know that. And so I think just, Windows 7 phone is to try and ward that off the fact that Windows x86 has no future, at least in the mobile space. And they need to ward that off. They need to have something. They need to have a product, and they haven't had a product oh, at all. Oh. No, no. Don't, don't sign off Intel just yet. Oh, really, don't do that. That's really very <laughs> premature. Space, I, mean, so Arm is, I mean, Arm is awesome, but um, don't sign off Intel. They're one of the largest companies, well, probably not the largest company in the world, but they're one of the larger companies in the world with a lot of money. Well, and I don't question don't them as a company. I just question the x86 architecture. Intel can make ARM chips, sure. I'm sure they could be very good at it. But <laughs> no, right, no, no, no. You know, Even x86 itself. Yeah, well, why don't we just repeat the PowerPC era all over again? <laughs> that questioned the x86 architecture. Where is it now? Yeah, but that's only because Intel have been able to throw billions and billions into x86 to make it good. It, was, it never has been Again. good ever. Oh, no. See, that's, that's the problem. That's the irony of the situation. Is that just, because, just because the architecture might be, have some fundamental flaws to it doesn't mean that a lot of the things that we've done since then developed on that can be uh, just forcefully you know, tossed into the bin with the rest of it just because we have a new architecture. There's a lot of forces at work here, and I don't think x86 is going to go away anytime soon. Well, I don't think it's going to take really quite a bit of time. To- I don't think the Atom has really lived up to the hype, and as long as we're changing operating systems, then yes, I do think x86 has plenty of future left in it, but I don't think it's got plenty of future left as far as Windows on mobile devices, like Windows x86, not Windows CE. I don't think the Atom is the solution, and if they were to, to, to throw away a lot of the backwards compatibility with x86 and get rid of a lot of the macros and make it more like a risk chip, which, which modern x86s are anyway, and run a different operating system, then maybe, yes, they could make something of it. But the problem with the Atom platform wasn't necessarily a technological one. It was a political one because uh, especially the early netbooks were specifically, the early netbook platform, the Atom platform, was specifically politically held back by Intel because they were afraid that it would eat away at their, you know, slightly higher end, um, real, uh, you know, um, um, their slightly higher end chips. So they, uh, they coupled the Atom processor on netbooks with the most ridiculously uh, inefficient chipset they could find and sold mm. that on netbooks. So it's not necessarily the processor that made those netbooks bad. It's more the actual platform built around it, which was uh, already when the first, netbooks, uh, first Atom netbooks came out, it was already like three years old or something. It was really uh, not good. Um, it was a political decision to you know, make sure that netbooks wouldn't become too powerful. I think that if you um, 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 allowed the, you know, the, the people you know, designing and working on the Atom to really um, uh, have a go at it, it, don't worry, Intel will be able to make something that 
probably won't be as good as ARM, but it will surely be close enough for people to say, well, it's good enough, let's take it. X86 has always been able to do that. It may ha- have had its dark moments, but it's always been able to just bounce back and, uh, uh, you know, I mean, exactly <laughs> like, like the whole PowerPC thing. I mean, <laughs> it was supposed well, to be better. Yeah, but that was a, that's a oh. cash problem. Intel have always been able to bounce back because they've had just infinite reserves of cash to throw at the problem. PowerPC was better than X86, but unfortunately IBM couldn't care less about it. Yeah, so this, all of this, this is making me wonder if it would be easier to develop an operating system on ARM that would be default virtualized because x86 has really horrible problems with virtualization in the IO chain and just emulate x86 on top of that. <laughs> I mean, a lot of the user land operating systems we're seeing in the embedded market, i.e. Android and Windows Phone 7, uh, all have a hypervisor-esque user land. <laughs> well, you have to ask yeah. yourself, what, what do you need x86 compatibility for if you're going for a clean break anyway with a different operating system? It really boils down to being tied to uh, compatibility with Microsoft Windows x86. Well, that's why you sh- if you could virtualize it in user land on the top, and then you could run whatever hardware architecture underneath. Hmm. Isn't that what .NET is supposed to do? Um the layman says. <laughs> right? I missed that. What was that again? Dot net. Oh, uh, isn't, isn't that supposed what... That is, that is in part what dot net is supposed to do, yeah. yes. Yeah, okay. Because you can recompile that from multiple architectures. Yeah, the MSI theory. Well, Yeah, so I mean, that gives them good... Be- that, that gives them sort of stability when it comes to uh, Windows Phone 7 series is that when you, if you are running on multiple different handsets as they plan that many manufacturers will be making this, then the MSIL can be... Uh, Customized to those particular architectures or, or whatever systems are running, so they've they've, they've set them up themselves pretty well, which is interesting to see that .NET has finally found a use after I don't know how many years it's been around. Uh, be careful there. <laughs> I love saying that. You're I'm a being desktop centric again. <laughs> yeah, I was waiting no, no, for you to it's, say that. It, They on. haven't been dog fooding it in all this years that they've that, that they've had it on the, the, the desktop, and they tried to write Explorer and managed code in 2003, and that flopped. But you know, now they're finding a niche for it. Now they're finding something that .NET actually works for, and Microsoft are themselves developing with it, which is good. That's what I want to see. Hello. I'm still here, just nothing to say. Oh, okay. Tumbleweed. I see a tumbleweed. tumbleweed. <laughs> yeah, it's a tumbleweed moment. Okay. Um, didn't, we, didn't we hit the top of the page now? We have. Or, we have we hit the top of the page. I think that's about it. We should uh, probably wrap up. Uh, Ooh, meet me with you Nice. Uh, anything else to say? Unicorns! Okay, I'll stop now. Oh my god, ponies! <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much for uh, joining us on the show today. Um, Right, it's safe to say. um, uh, Feedback, you can email us at crew at osnews.com and also comment on the website when the uh, article is is published, the podcast is published there. And, uh... That's about it, really. Yeah, I don't have anything to add. Bye-bye, everyone. Thank you. Goodbye. Bye-bye.